He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a bridge keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 32 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly and I'm delighted to say this week that I'm joined by the full panel. I have Barry O'Hanlon in. Hey, hey Barry. Hey guys. I have James Richardson here with me. Hey James. Hey Bob. And we have Alan who's joining us on Skype as per usual. Hey Alan. Hey guys. Are we all doing everyone good, yeah? Yeah. Very good. Good. Um, a brilliant week yet again on the golf. Um, really, really enjoyable. I'm, this week we're going to be talking about what, what was an excellent term, the WGC Bridgestone Invitational. Um, Rory obviously beating Sergio, so another really captivating event. We'll have a brief recap of the very, very brief Barracuda Championship, because I'd say very little people were watching that. Alan's going to provide us with a top 200 update on um, for week 32. I think we missed last week, so we should have a good update. And then obviously the main event of the week coming, we're going to have a look ahead to the US PGA Championship in Valhalla, uh, in, in Louisville, Kentucky. And at the end, we'll give our answers to the rules-related questions. So, without further ado, I'm going to get straight into it, because uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. And the rules-related question I have for you here. Well prepared here, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flying as usual. So, what's the score at the moment? I think I'm a couple ahead of Bob. 17-14 to me. 17-14, yeah, and that means you're first to go. So anyway, sorry about the data. The question here is... The flow of water in a water hazard carries a ball out of bounds. The ball is still considered to lie in the water hazard for the purpose of taking relief. True or false? Um, Barry, you're first to go. As I said, Barry, you're leading 17 14. I'm just going to be cavalier and say false. It's out of bounds, it's out of bounds. Okay. Al? I think, uh, well, I, I'm continuing my desperation theme here and. I think false is the obvious answer, so I'm going to go true. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, at least we have a winner anyway at the end. Um, excellent. Okay, very good. We'll move on quickly then on to the WGC Bridgestone. And without doubt, Rory McIlroy, the best player in the world at the moment, really, isn't he? Certainly is. He's, um, he's playing some serious golf at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I had a quick look at his stats for the... Um, from his win, uh, he, he gained 4.1 strokes on average per round on the field. And the thing I was delighted to see, I know you saw this as well, Barry, that 2.2 of strokes per round came from his driving alone. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see good to see the numbers back up, what we were all watching on TV. Because yeah. Sometimes the images can, can give you a false perception about what's actually happening, but... Um, you know, for for his driving to give him an extra two strokes over the average of the field every day, every round is just phenomenal. And showed what he was doing. I think at one stage he hit um, something like fourteen or maybe more three hundred yard plus drives in a row. Um, I think on one of the days mm. he may have hit all the fairways. It, it was just it was sensational. And even the ones when he looked like he was a bit. You know, leaning to get the ball back in, he was trying to just get the ball back into the middle of the fairway, the, the body <laughs> English, rather than, you know, get it out of the trees like some of the other guys were. Uh, it was, 
Yeah, it's amazing. If you can continue to do that this week, you'll have no trouble, you know, being in the top few. I I enjoyed the fact that this week he won a tournament by actually hitting a drive, unlike at the Open where he didn't hit a drive all week. So, that <laughs> well, he did hit a lot of long drives, didn't he? But yeah, I kind of I get where you're coming from on that. Um, did you guys see Bubba Watson's four hundred and twenty something, twenty six yard drive on one of the on the big sixteenth hole? Yes. Yeah. Hammered it. I think it was the only shot I saw with Shot Tracer all week. We didn't have Shot Tracer um, on Sky Sports. I think they had it over in the States in the US feed. We hit this monstrous drive, and they, um, they, as you've kind of pointed out the last couple of weeks, they have the long drive competition in the PGA, mm, yeah, in yeah. the PGA Championship, which is actually going on today. Mm. And Bubba Watson, being the massive wet blanket that he is, yeah. decided to not participate in it. Um, he took an iron off the tee, mm. and I don't know why. I mean, is he just? Is it just total fear of being beaten? I, I think you're right. I think it's just a bit of a wet blanket. And I, I'm a big Bubba fan. I was really disappointed. Just to recap for people that maybe haven't listened to previous weeks, the USPGA used to have a long drive championship um, before every event, and the winner got donation t- to charity of, I think this year it's $25,000 for yeah. the winner. And, and second and third get money yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, but you also get a money clip that shows you were the long drive champion. So they brought this in. It's part of the fairness to the PGA Tour. They're bringing in loads of different ideas because we've seen in, in some of the majors where you can vote the pin position. It's the same this year on 16, isn't it? Yeah. And so they've now introduced this on the Long Drive Championship on the Tuesday. And the idea is that, well, sure, it's just a bit of entertainment and it doesn't take out from the pros because the 10th hole is where they're doing it. So they're playing their practice round and you just hit, hit your mm-hmm. drive and it doesn't even count as your, like if you, you're only practicing, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you can have your official shot, then you have your your long drive attempt. Yeah, and yeah, and Bubba Watson said he's not entering, he said he's not. He's there to practice and he, as you say, Barry, he hit uh, iron off the tee as well. Well, I, I ranted about Tiger two weeks ago and I'm going to rant about Bubba. I actually can't like this guy. I really don't. Um, he, he shouts at everyone. He gives out about everything. And it's a bit of fun. Like Yeah, absolutely. You know, go, one, it's for charity. Two, he goes out as the big bomber that he is mm. in the tournament. Just hit a drive. Yeah. You know, it's not the... like. These guys' personalities, it's hard to, to like some of them. Yeah. And, like, it's really hard to like Bubba Watson. Like, he's a good golfer, but... yeah. I really, I'd love to take the club and wrap it around his head at times. Cause it, it, <laughs> but it's not even, it's it's for charity. It's a bit of crack. Yeah. And The only thing about it, about him is, is that uh, he, we always complain that there's not enough personalities out there. I think he has a great personality, not necessarily in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, I suppose in cartoons, there's a good guy and a bad guy. So I think he is a good, he's a good villain for the PGA Tour. There's only one player who deserves not to hit a drive this week in the long drive, and that's Tiger. Everybody else has an excuse not to hit a long drive. Well, that's a good point, especially as it's a charity thing as well. It's not like a, it's not, not a big event where they're all competing for some, you know, your tour card for the next year or something like that. Yeah, well, we'll come on to Tiger in a minute. We don't want to get your blood pressure going just yet. Um, Alan, you were going to say something there? No, I was just going to say I agree with James. For, for a guy who is so cavalier in his golf and he plays such an attractive kind of brand of golf, he makes it so difficult to like him. Yeah. yeah. He's, oh, he's just... I can't. I'm the same. I can't take to him either. But like, I, this is obviously a bit of a show that he's putting on, and he's going to stand. You know, everyone's standing, everyone's watching, see how far he can hit it. So he, he obviously has some issue with this. Yet, if I'm, I'm, I'm open to correction, but it was he the guy who was standing on the tee in the par on, in the Ryder Cup, whooping up the crowd before he hit his drive. Yeah. 
So they're very similar situations. So I, I think he's just having a bit of a moment. He's the kind of guy you'd actually like to get up and see him doing a happy Gilmore swing at the ball or something yeah. like that, you know. But <laughs> even if he, even if he did that and said, "I'm going to run up and lash it," and he hits sixty yards, you go, "Well, at least you had a bit of crack and you gave it a go." But yeah, I like that. That's the bit. It's for charity. It's not a big deal, and mm. it's a bit of fun. And just step step up, and the crowd are waiting for him. And I think this is the bit that annoyed me most when I heard he didn't do it today, and he hit it. Uh, an iron off the tee he deliberately knew that that was the long drive hole yeah. and took out the iron out of his bag yeah. you know he must have been thinking about that coming up to the 10th yeah, tee and yeah. said I'm deliberately not doing this yeah. even if he took the drive and only gave it 50% at least he still hit a drive he, he loses he loses more respect from everybody by not participating than he does by giving it a go and getting beaten I mean nobody yeah. cares because at least he, you know, he participated and had fun but um, yeah. anyway current it reminds me of one of our podcast panel who's scared to hit driver off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a fear. I had a game with a pro last week on Wednesday. A couple of Italian lads have joined our club, and for a month, the pro has got an apprentice, and he's you know brought him over to Ireland for a month to you know introduce him to different golfing conditions. So I managed to uh, wrangle away onto the tee with him, and he gave me a couple of tips from the driver. And um, early signs are that it's uh, I might take it on a few more holes instead of irons. So that's good. And so, are you, are you, but you still do hit a three iron off the tee bit, do you? On some holes when it's necessary, yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's the right club, you know. Then I, you know, I'm not going to take a driver just for the sake of being macho or whatever. You know, you take, right. take the iron to put myself in play. Our listeners can put you in the same category as Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's move on. Um, obviously, the other big character in the WGC was Sergio and. Sergio seems to be getting a bit of the Jim Fuhrer treatment because there was a stat thrown out that he is now one for 11. So he's won once out of 11 times uh, after having a 54-hole lead on the PGA Tour. So it's, I, I, you know, and I think, I know these stats are getting trotted out by Fuhrer from Garcia, but I think it just shows how difficult it is to win a tournament. On, on the PGA Tour, on the European Tour, to win any golf tournament is very difficult. I mean, I, I think the thing that beat Sergio and the commentators pointed this out was... Um, just the pure distance that McElroy was ahead of him on all the holes they both took driver. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, Sergio's not a short hitter. He, he'll easily knock it out there 300 yards plus. But there was holes that Rory was 30, 40, 50 yards ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a brilliant bit of psychology by Rory as well that he went, he'd walk up to his ball and stand to the side of his ball, you know, showing, you know, so Sergio would see him. He was that far ahead of him yeah. up the fairway. Yeah, I was amazed at the distance that Ser- or Sergio was behind McIlroy. Because I always thought the same with you, Barry. I always thought Sergio had a, like was reasonably far off, had a reasonable distance off the tee. Um, and I think I think he lost it in the first three or four holes. You could see. I, I know that there was a five shot swing, obviously, within the first three holes. But once McIlroy got ahead, you, you just could not see how he could lose from there. I know Sergio pulled it back after nine, but. Mm. I think I think the head went down a little bit for Sergio when he when he blew the early lead. But as you say, Bob, I think this I think there's been a trend this year on the PGA Tour. There's a lot of guys who are going out in front yeah. and who are throwing away three, four shot leads going into the final round. As you say, it's it's just a lot tougher, and it's a lot tougher when you're these guys are kind of trying to protect a lead nearly rather than actually being aggressive on the final day. Yeah, the only one thing is we did mention when we were discussing the Open that when Sergio kind of got into contention. Uh, with a couple of holes to go, he kind of, I suppose, didn't quite perform to the standard you'd expect. 
And the one thing, I suppose, the lazy commentary that we would have heard about Garcia over the years is that he's not a great putter. And he's currently 15th on tour for strokes game putting, which is this new stat that that's mm. really the pure test. But amazingly, on Sunday, when obviously you need to make a few putts, I mean, he mentioned himself he didn't make, make uh, putts. His strokes game putting stat was quite poor. He was minus 1.829. So he lost nearly two shots on the field on Sunday from his putting. His putting stroke looked didn't look as nice and smooth as it had done in the previous three days and I mean, there you go the stats kind of tell but it, it didn't it didn't have that confident kind of switch that he had the, the previous days and he did uh, it's strange it's strange that somebody who shoots like 61 the course time record a couple of days beforehand can get so mentally overturned a couple of days later mm. and I, I think a real reflection of how difficult it is to actually to go out with the lead like that is Sergio is actually is first in final round scoring but he certainly was going into the final round of yeah. Firestone. He, he was averaging a 68 or something like that in the final round. Mm. So I think that just shows that there are like, probably a lot of those ones he was probably coming from the middle of the pack or something like that. And yeah. so it shows the difference in actually having to go out and actually try and win a tournament. And you mentioned um, Sergio's um, 61 on Saturday. And Jason Sobel put up a very, comment, very funny comment. This is before he'd actually finished around saying... Um, six straight birdies to take the lead on a day when he still won't be golf's biggest headline is one of the most Sergio Garcia things ever. Because uh, <laughs> This was obviously the day when Dustin Johnson announced that he was going to be taking, uh, inverted commas, a leave of absence. Six, six straight months. Exactly six months and... Don Johnson, more like it. <laughs> and now there was a lot of we were uh, ourselves deciding how we were going to process and discuss it, but and none of the media outlets really commented. There was a lot of uh, rumors on Twitter, but anyway, Sports Illustrated came straight out with it. Uh, Michael Bamberger and Mike Walker on Sports Illustrated um, have written an article saying that DJ is serving a six-month suspension from the PGA Tour after pest, testing positive, excuse me, for cocaine. He's now failed three drug tests, one for marijuana in 2009 and two for cocaine, one in 2012 and one in 2014. And the PGA Tour did issue a statement saying, with regard to media reports that Dustin Johnson has been suspended by the PGA Tour, this is to clarify that Mr. Johnson has taken a voluntary leave of absence and is not under a suspension from the PGA Tour. Um, so really, to me, what it sounds like is he, the PGA Tour, now he, he failed the test, and he apparently turned down, according to Sports Illustrated, he turned down the option to appeal. So it kind of sounds like, well, listen, you're going to get a six-month suspension. So he goes, to be honest, I'll, uh, I'll, cut my, I'll take myself out. And they said, Grant, we're happy enough. Well, it's a bit like the famous scene in The Godfather. You know, either his blood or his signature is going to be on the contract. You know, it's it's you're either getting a six-month suspension or you're taking voluntary leave. And it's one way or the other. It, it amounts to the same thing. Yeah, and we don't do suspensions. So we, we highly, you know, strongly suggest you take the voluntary leave of absence. Which, which is the bit that I have an issue with with the PGA. Mm. I would have actually thought that they would, you know, I know no sport likes to have, and this is recreational, we mm. should say, rather than necessarily performance enhancing. But you'd like to be able to say, as, a, as an organization, we take a very strict view on this. They're, they're, you know, idols for a lot of young kids and a lot of people look mm. up to them. 
you know, we don't like this. There's a zero tolerance. You know, drugs at any level is not acceptable. So, yeah, we are actually coming out and saying we're giving you a six-month yeah. uh, suspension. I actually think it should be a badge of honor for the PGA to come out and say we're giving him six months rather than they're actually running away from it. I thought you were about to say it should be a badge of honour that you're getting a ban for six months for taking cocaine. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> you see Dusty wearing it on his sleeve patch. Like, yeah. I got a six-month or What did you get? Um, the... There's a guy in fairness that's poor, who hasn't looked like he enjoys his recreational activities. It's DJ. Yeah. <laughs> but it would kind of explain why he always seems to be quite sniffly when he's given interviews. He always seems to have a little sniffle problem going on. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember, I think it was going into the Masters, um, uh, which obviously now it turns out to be 2012, that uh, DJ, I think he pulled out of the Masters or some early season tournament, and he said that he had uh, injured himself jet skiing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was moving a jet ski. He wasn't jet skiing. He was just maneuvering it. Or yeah. No, 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 no. He, he, he was skiing with his nose up a line. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's what, so now they're saying that this the timeline coincides that well when he said he was, had a skiing or a jet skiing accident, mm. that that was his second, and that he, he was out for 11 weeks. I don't know how it was 11 weeks, but... Um, yeah, I, think so, some, I think some caddy was quoted at the weekend. I think a reporter said it to him just as it broke and the caddy said something along the lines of oh was he lifted jet skis again <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then that, that, that obviously shows then it must have been uh, it must have been the exact same thing you know so oh, like in fairness it was when we when we when the news broke I think you guys were tweeting it the other night it was the first thing we all said oh, he must be he must be getting stuck into the coke or something along those lines you know yeah yeah um, I'm kind of starting to think that uh, Tiger this is Tiger part 2 because Around the same time, um, and I'm very happy to make sure that I have this guy's name, that apparently DJ has also had affairs with two wives of the PGA Tour players. And this is according to Robert Lucetic, uh, uh, who is a senior golf analyst of Fox Sports. So this, this more and more that like, seems to be coming out about DJ. He sounds like he's going more and more wild as, uh, as, as the, I suppose, obviously with Paulina. And obviously now it seems like the drugs, it's just relentless with him. I'm starting to think that. Say it again, sorry. Was that pre-Paulina or? Uh... Uh, we don't know. Actually, we don't know, but um, it seems to ha- seems to have happened anyway. So I'm starting to think that if Bubba went down this road with DJ, I might like him a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> you know, no- nothing with a bit of drugs, and uh, you know. Speaking of people that aren't in your good books, the other um, big news of the weekend was Tiger withdrew with a back injury. So he was playing a shot out of, the, out of the edge of the bunker in the second, and he hit the shot, and he fell back in, and he said he jarred his back and went into spasms. Um, the, he had to be taken away, and it seems likely... Now, we don't have confirmation at this very minute, but it seems likely that he won't be around for the USPGA, but I think Joe McCann has been at the course, Barry, hasn't he? Joe, I saw, yeah, on Twitter today, Joe's been mapping out the course, so, I mean, look, it's good, it's good for Joe to keep doing that, you know, it's, it's there if Tiger wants to play, and at the same time, say some, um, say some regional PGA Tour pro is coming along here and doesn't have a caddy or whatever, and Joe's available for the week because Tiger can't play, one of, the, one of those guys could get really, really lucky and get one of the best top caddies on the tour to caddy for him for the week, so... Um, you know, everyone wins except Tiger. He's just sitting at home, annoyed that he's trying to come back a bit too soon. Although that did lead to the fallout between Tiger and Steve Williams before. I remember when Williams went to do the same thing at one of the courses, and Tiger pulled out, and I think he caddied for Scott. Oh, of end. course, yeah, good point, yeah. So if, yeah, like, yeah, Tiger threw the toys out of the pram. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. So it gives the and I'm if, getting my job application together to be a caddy <laughs> for Tiger. If um, if Tiger doesn't make the US PGA, what sort of impact do we think it has on the US PGA? We get to see golf shots from all the players on on the TV. My my opinion on this is, I think for a, for once, probably for a long time, if Tiger doesn't make it, I think it'll have the least amount of impact. Yeah. Of him being out. Because I think even the start of the year when Tiger wasn't around for the Masters, he felt his absence. But I think now we're we're kind of getting to the stage where there's so many great golfers out there playing so well. Mm. Rory's come along. He's filling the, filling the headlines. I don't think he'd be missed as much in the US PGA. Yeah, well, I think um, like he's obviously carrying an injury and his swing is an absolute mess at the moment. Yeah. Right? So, you, wouldn't, you, you couldn't even envisage him competing, like actually being up near the top of the leaderboard the way he's going. Like he needs to get away from Sean Foley. I think seems to be the, the common theme out there. His swing, he doesn't seem to know which way he's hitting it. He's missing left, right, and all over the shop. Like I, I, I didn't see a huge amount of the golf at the weekend, but any time I saw Tiger, he seemed to be fifty yards off the side of the fairway. His driving, was, just, his driving was terrible. It was nearly as bad as mine. It's well, at least he had to drive off he the tee. He doesn't actually know. He's got, he's, he's got away from this big miss thing, you know, where he just wanted to miss one side. He's missing miles on both sides now. Uh, I, I think the, I think there's a consensus out there that the swing he's got is putting pressure on his back as well. So it's amazing that he's still with Sean Foley, from my point of view. This this timing is actually kind of very coming you know coinciding with Dusty's time off. Like our Tiger and Dusty gone off for a six month coke party or something like that. <laughs> We'd like to uh, distance ourselves from those comments uh, by Barry. Yeah, that's just speculation. Not <laughs> <a lot laughs> speculation. Um, no. Um, in terms of then, if he if he doesn't make the USPGA, we and I presume he's not going to make the Ryder Cup. Even if he, even if he comes back. He hasn't um, qualified for the Ryder Cup. I think he needed to finish minimum third last week yeah. to have a chance. And this week as well, or something like that. I mean, he, like, he's not going to be playing the FedEx Cup events, so he's not going to be tournament sharp. Yeah. I, I don't think, if he doesn't play this week, if he doesn't play this week and get maybe a top five at minimum, there's no way he can be picked for the Ryder Cup. Mm. The, I want to know why uh, Tiger decided to cancel his press conference today. You know, again, and I had a rant last two weeks ago. I'm going to have a rant again about this. <laughs> his back does not stop him from giving his his press conference. Yeah. He, he he had his press conference and he completely and utterly cancelled it. Why? Go and talk to the media. Go and tell us what's wrong. Go and, you know, do all of these things. Now we're all sitting here in limbo. I actually don't think I care whether Tiger plays this week. I didn't care two weeks ago and I care even less now. I actually think the point you make, Bob, is absolutely 100%. There is far more players out there of interest, and it's a, such a wide field when we yeah. get onto it that there's more stories out there this week yeah. than, than Tiger. Now, okay, Dusty is, you know, going to still be probably there or thereabouts on the story and the headlines, but there's so many other stories mm. and of interest this week at this last major, and how it's going to affect the Ryder Cup team for the US, how it's going to, you know, the players. Sergio, his head, is he is he ever going to get this monkey off his back in the majors? There's so many more interesting things than Tiger's dodgy back. Um, does Tiger, does golf not need Tiger though? It did 10 years ago, doesn't now. Okay. I don't, it doesn't need a struggling Tiger that's lashing it everywhere and yeah. the cameras are focused on it. It's just it's kind of sad to see. Like, yeah. I, want, I want to see Tiger back. Not, 
back the way he was, but Tiger just backed properly. So get properly recovered over the winter and come back in March or you know get back from maybe the Masters next year. I, I actually think it does still need him, and it's, it's it's nearly more appealing actually to watch him play the way he is at the moment to actually see him spray it all over the place. It reminds me of of Seve when he was nearly kind of coming towards the end of his career and said he couldn't buy a fairway. Yeah. He was all over the shop. And it's nearly entertaining seeing Tiger actually under all these, under these trees and hitting all these crazy shots. I still, I, I still think the game, I still think the game needs him. I don't think there's enough characters in the game to actually, but there's not, there's not even enough rivalries in the game. But the only, the only control. reason, the only reason, Alan, you enjoy watching him play like that is just because of a fall from grace we all love to 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 build up the sports guys and you know have them there as the domination and then see them absolutely collapse around their ears you know it is great fun to see him because he was so arrogant up until you know recently that it is great to see him left and right and nowhere near a fairway and nowhere near a top 10 and winning a tournament again I, I think he came back too soon. I think there must have been, and I'm speculating here completely and probably fairly widely, there was something to do with sponsorship deals and sponsorship requirements mm. because if he was doing this for pure sports reasons, the fact that he's twinged his back again on a fairly innocuous um, shot, you'd start wondering whether or not he was actually 100% or was he pushed back at 80 or or 75 or 80% yeah. because of you know Nike or whoever it is pushing him into it. I think that's it's not weird like a guy who's worth a billion dollars or whatever he's supposed to be worth about a billion now is actually still subject to sponsors pressures if that's the case I mean obviously the guy he's just, he's the most competitive golfer in our lifetime anyway mm. um, obviously he wants to get back to it but there's been a lot of people who have had back issues or pros on tour who've come out to the press and said I actually don't know how he's back this quickly after a back surgery there was one guy in particular I read today I can't remember his name for the life of me but he said Every day I went out and played, I was just waiting for my back to go, even though I knew that day I was stronger than I was the previous day. He was just so fearful and he knew it was so subject to, to just breaking down at any time that he just said, I can't believe he's back. I, he just needs to take the winter off and get property fixed up again. And it was interesting, actually, I was going into the archives of, um, of golf interviews the other day and I was listening to an interview that Fred Couples did back in the late 1990s and he said that his practice regime even back then was massively curtailed by his back problem he said he couldn't and he said he found it very very difficult to practice and very difficult to play three, three weeks in a row and I think Tigers probably seems to be going down that kind of road the, back, the, the problem with a back injury is it's just so debilitating for golf it can kind of affect you in so many ways so he could be as, as James says we could be seeing the the decline of a great. I still think he'll win a major again, though. But hmm. do you, you had problems, Alan, before with your back? Did you? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't quite the same, was it? Let's not even go down that road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love for you to compare me to Tiger, but uh... I was trying to find something in common. Watching <laughs> Alan just fell on his backside when drunk, whereas Tiger needed like surgery. Um. Okay, very good. Uh, well, Liz, we better move it on just for a, a time, time point of view. Um, I was going to give a quick recap of the Ryder Cup, but I think we might do that next week mm-hmm. after the PGA because this is the, it's the uh, Barry, I think it's the final event for the US team qualification. Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Ryder Cup next week. Uh, the only there was another minor event on the Barracuda Championship. Uh, Jeff Ogilvy won uh, with plus forty nine. Now that doesn't mean he was forty nine over. They actually had a it's a stable for an event. 
and it was modified Stableford event very it was Mod- yeah this is a re- I really like this idea they've done this for a couple of years now and I'd love to see it on our own club level and um, just quickly you get uh, plus two points for a birdie mm-hmm. uh, plus five points for an eagle plus eight for an albatross you get minus one for a bogey and minus two for a double bogey anything worse than that you just pick up your ball and on to the next hole so it really rewards aggressive play mm-hmm. and um, you can see that with the, the plus 49. That's, um, I think that would be maybe in the region of minus 20 for, you know, if you're playing against par. So Brilliant. You know, it's, a, it's a good scoring week. Um, the, only, the other thing that was very interesting is Jeff Ogilvy actually wrote an article for Golf Australia and he talked about the ups and downs of playing professional golf. And it's a fascinating article. I, I, we actually put it up on our Twitter handle. Like for, for example, one of the things he was talking about is the correlation um, between um, the correlation between practice and actually playing proper golf. He said, like he was practicing a lot on the range, and he said he could f- hit the two hundred and twenty yard sign five times in a row with a five iron. Yet he'd go out into the golf course, and the first hole he'd miss the whole green with a five iron. Um, so he just talks about how mentally it was quite difficult, and he mentions actually a lot of the players in the PGA Tour. So I definitely recommend that. It's well, well worth a listen. It's well worth a three, four minute read. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. interesting. You actually wish it was a bit longer so you could go in yeah. more in depth. You'd, you'd love to. Sorry, well worth a read. But yeah, you'd love to. You'd love to hear a bit more from. Yeah, 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 very, very, so. very open and honest. Um, so definitely major well, champion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, that wraps us up for last week. Alan, um, you could you give us an old top 200 update? Uh, the event, we've closed it to new entries, so we're now really on the home home straight, really looking at people start to jostle as we get into the end of the season. Yeah, no problem. I will um, give you a quick update here because there wasn't a huge amount of movement with the WGC and the British Open the last couple of weeks. A lot of the guys outside the top 200 obviously haven't been playing. So um, there was only one real main mover, which was the spin doctor who moved 68 spots thanks to David Horsey, who I think had a good finish over in Russia, maybe? Like, yeah, in that he won it. It was yeah. a pretty, ty- pretty tidy finish for a yeah, golfer, yeah. Yeah, he beat... Um, <laughs> beat I chose to ignore that competition. <laughs> he, he beat Damien McGrain in the playoff. Oh, yes, yes. Um, okay, well anyway, he's made he's made the, he's been the big mover this week. But uh, the top three is now James English at first, in first with two hundred one, Matt Ward with two hundred three, and Martin Sikome with two hundred nine. Wow, two hundred one is impressive. Shane, Shane McKiernan's in fourth with two sixteen, and then there's a bit of a gap opening up down to the back of the rest of the pack. So it's four horse race at the moment. That's an impressive picking by those people. Like to get down to, to two hundred is phenomenal. It's good going, all right. They started on. They all started at four fifty odd as well. Wow. But, um, we will post the leaderboard up anyway onto the Twitter handle this evening, so people can see where they're see where they're sitting. Excellent. Okay. Very good. Well, thanks for the update on that, Alan. Um, okay. Well, I suppose the main event this week that we're looking forward to is the US PGA Championship, uh, the final major of the year, uh, on in Valhalla Golf Club, Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And this event really is the it's the championship for the PGA. It's their own event, and the it's, I suppose it's one it's one we're kind of really looking forward to. It's the final major, and what do they call it? Is it Glory's last shot? Isn't that what they call it? Oh, that's the yeah, the campaign they have in the yeah. states, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently they're not allowed to call it that anymore. Really? Um, how come? Because they don't want to downplay the FedEx, so they. Um, 
So it's not they 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 don't they refuse to call it that now. So you mean FedEx don't allow them to say it? I would say I'd say that had a huge amount to do with it. What are they suggesting? The FedEx is what like the sixth major now after the players. Uh, the play- I'd say they spin it however they wanted to to uh, to keep the keep the interest there. Oh, the mind boggles. <laughs> um. Just to give a tiny bit of history about, I suppose, obviously where the championship came around. Um, back in the kind of late 18th century, um, there was 41 golf courses operating in the States. And there was no official championships for amateur golfers going around. And there was a couple of tournaments that happen, happening around. But none of these championships were officially sanctioned by any governing body for American golf. And apparently there was a bit of controversy about this amongst the players and the organizers. So this actually is what actually led to the formation of the USGA in 1894. USPGA, wasn't it? USGA, United States Golf Association. So, uh, and it became the first formal golf organization in the country. And this is really pretty much when it started off. Um, I think this is what you're talking about, Barry, then. I think in, in 1916, the PGA, the Professional Golfers Association of America, was established in, in, New York and yeah so this this is really when the the proper organization came about and the first PGA championship so the championship for the Professionals Golf Association was held in October 1916 um, I think it was match play originally it was yeah. it was yeah another example of match play disappearing from the pro game unfortunately it was around the 1956 1957 I think it stopped went into normal but uh, the, the 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 trophy is named after a uh, supermarket owner who uh, put it up in 1916 as the yeah Wanam- Rod, Rod, Rodman Rodman Wanamaker Wanamaker and yeah he apparently how it came about is he hosted a lunch uh, at Whit Cagle Country Club maybe some of our American listeners might help me with that pronunciation <laughs> it's going to need a language yeah. well though, you speak fluent American yeah <laughs> <laughs> and. It was actually uh, at this lunch that they prepared the agenda for the for setting up the uh, PGA, and so I mean it was obviously this is who the the trophy's been named after Robin Wanamaker, as you say, wealthy department store owner. So and that's where we how we've come about um, with the PGA Championship, and as I said, final major of the week. Now the course that we're having it on is Valhalla. And there's been a fair bit of changes, Barry, uh, to, well, sorry, a fair bit of changes since the 2000 USPGA, which was held here, and also since the Ryder Cup, there's been a few changes as well. Um, yeah, so obviously since 2000, that's uh, 14 years in golfing terms, and since then, you know, Rory McIlroy and guys... It's also in like calendar out. terms. Well, yeah, calendar <laughs> terms quite a long time, but just in... in <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> just distract me beautifully. Um, but just in the distances the guys are hitting, the course needs to be changed, so... Um, in 2005-2006 was lengthened by 300 yards so it can stretch to nearly 7,500 yards as in part 71 um, it's a kind of a combination the front line is kind of reminiscent of kind of a Lynxland kind of uh, vibe and the back line is supposed to be a lot hillier and kind of reminding people of Muirfield which is no, no, no great um, surprise because Jack Nicklaus is the designer yeah yeah so um I mean, the things I've, they, they relayed the greens a couple of years ago, so you now have greens that are a bit bigger, have more tiers, but more positions for pins to go into. So you're going to be looking at, um, you know, a lot of tough putts, you know, tough two putts for the pros this week. Um, 
They have a couple of almost drivable par fours that might tempt some of the big hitters, especially as the temperatures are going to be hot, the ball will be flying a long way. And um, they have three long par fours, so um, it's going to be a good test of golf. You know, it's a lot of you're going to be hitting a lot of mid and long irons on this golf course, um, to, and you're going to have to hit them very well. So um, it should be a good test, and whoever you know, whoever master those will definitely deserve to win the trophy and the miniature replica they get to keep, actually. Oh Again, yeah, they make a miniature replica of the wrong one and make a trophy <coughs> to make them feel like giants. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so then in terms of um, what criteria then are, are we looking at in terms of in terms of what the winners? What I suppose what what what, what will the winner need to be on yeah. you know yeah. have on on his game this week to to do well? They they'll need to drive the ball pretty well. We've heard r- reports of the rough being long. We've heard the r- reports of the rough being short. But as we all know in the USPGA, the rough is never too penal. It always gives the guys a chance. So certainly anyone who can hit the drives a long way is going to have a good chance. And um, definitely greens and regulation. If people can hit their greens and regulation and follow it up with some solid putting, um, the, these are the things that always kind of lead you to your USPGA champion. Okay, well, let's get down to it then. Let's get down to the juicy stuff. Alan, who are you backing this week? Well, I suppose just to go off the back of that, um, I'm looking at kind of ball striking. Uh, I look at Nicholas. Nicholas courses always tend to be gen- fairly generous off the tee. Mm. So, and I just think the way the, the way golf is going, it's just driving distance is just so important now. Like you, as we were saying earlier on, you can see it with Rory ahead of Sergio last week. The difference between hitting an eight iron or a six iron into, into greens is massive. So I'm looking at driving distance, and apparently the greens are quite big. Um, in Valhalla, so ball striking, so tee to green is pretty high on my agenda. My big one for the week, well, I, I'm looking at Scott and Rose, but their odds are quite short. Um, and I think my big one for the week is Kucher, even though he's not particularly long. Mm. I think they say that. I think we've lost Alan oh, there for a second, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, okay. just a little bit. Well, James? Well, well, James. well, we're getting him back. Uh, there's, there's a great article on todaysgolfer.co.uk which uh, breaks down the 10 things that they reckon is required to win. <clears throat> and they take all the field and they basically get down to three or four players that they say has it. And, you know, they say accurate iron plays key, so they lose half the players. Um, only, only a couple of players have ever won a US Open and a US PGA in the same calendar year. That knocks a few. And it goes on and on and on. Nobody over 40, etc., etc. Gets down to, which leaves Keegan Bradley, Billy uh, Horschel, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson and Bubba Watson. Now, obviously, there's question marks over Tiger and, and Dustin, yeah. and Dustin obviously not playing. So it leaves Keegan Bradley, Billy Horschel and Bubba Watson. And they reckon that Keegan Bradley is the person who has everything that they reckon is uh, mm. there to, to, to win it. Well, he's certainly rounding into some nice form and, you know, played, played quite well last week, you know, to finish in the top five, so... Um, and Keegan also mentioned as well that he loves he, find, he finds that he plays very well at this time of the year he specifically yeah. said that and obviously he won the US PGA but um, it's come up to Ryder Cup time as well that gets we all know that gets Keegan Bradley really excited so, yeah. um, and he's looking to get a grab a spot in the teams I mean all kind of factors might kind of line up for him um, I, the only thing I, the only question I have about him is that um, he hasn't won since 2012 mm-hmm. which just a bit of a question mark over the one thing I love when I'm picking a player 
for a major is that they've been in the heat of the battle. Now, I think Keegan Bradley kind of, I suppose, he was, well, I don't know, he was quite in the mix. Open, four but was he really ever in the mix? Well, no, nobody was because Keimer just did, yeah. you know, played a different tournament. But, you know. like, uh, that's the thing I always think when you look back at Bubba when he won the Masters, yeah. he, uh, he won the Northern Trust Open and he also won something else earlier in the year. So he was right in the heat of the battle. Keimer, before he won the US Open, won the players. Yeah. And Rory, now, he might be a slight exception, but I think once Rory comes back to form, he's a guy who will, um, yeah, who can kind of bounce back. Well, look, yeah, I mean, the thing, that's why Keegan's not one of the favourites. You know, he's out near 30-1 to 1 for the tournament. So, um, listen, he's, he's as good a pick as Eddie when you narrow down the field, you know, amongst those criteria. And they're good criteria that have proven historically accurate for the PGA Championship. Yeah, one of the points they make um, is that he was fourth in this year's US Open. Mirrors the same as Jason Duffner's uh, US Open performance last year, mm-hmm. and he then went on to win the the PGA. So uh, I, I definitely think. I also think that lag putting is is one that's it's right up there. You know, there's going to be a lot of if you're not if you're on the green but on a different tier, it's going to be getting you know lagging it up and and taking two and yeah, moving yeah. on. Almost three and, putting <clears> points. Yeah, and, and, and I, 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 I think someone like Keegan Bradley is great at that. You know, from my perception, he just always doesn't doesn't have too many three putts and I think that's going to be a real key stat this mm. week Alan we have you back there can you hear us okay yeah no problem who, uh, who are you going for then Cooch sorry you said Coocher Cooch and um, actually I hear all you last time with Keegan Bradley he's on my list too but I, I think it'll pain me to watch him on Sunday if he's in contention <laughs> just watching him take two hours over every shot um, <laughs> but I've got Coocher Bradley um I probably I will probably end up doing Scott and Rose and then I have JB Holmes as well. Okay, in front of the home crowd. I must say, yeah, he's did well in the Ryder Cup there, didn't he? In yeah, back in 2008, and he's kind of he's a local boy. So, the, Al, you you uh, we talked about this a bit off off air. I mean, the obvious thing is there's an extremely high chance that McIlroy's going to win this week. Well, yeah, well, I think it's a serious danger, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I'm thinking of having a saver on him because, like you saw it last week, he, he got a little bit of soft ground and he's just, he's nearly impossible to beat when he gets a soft course that's pretty long and I know the, the heat over there is, is, you know, the temperatures are going to be very high, but they're all, they are forecasting a bit of rain which might soften up the course. Right. Um, and if that comes, he's going to be very, very difficult to stop. Like five to one, isn't actually the worst price of them. The only reason I mention this is that actually I just noticed Betfair Sportsbook, so their their kind of fixed odds uh, um, thing, are saying that they would refund bets if you bet with them and you bet with them, they'll give you your money back if McIlroy wins. Or if Tiger wins, I think as well, isn't it? Is it? I think Paddy Power did that for both of them last week. I'm not sure what their offer is this week. I know they're doing six places. I mean, one thing I, I checked the weather forecast today actually for doing a couple of my fantasy golf teams and having a look at the, the golfers and it doesn't look like it's going to get too hot there. Maybe like 85 Fahrenheit, which is not unbearably hot, you know, compared to the temperatures they play in the PGA Tour on a regular basis. But there is going to be a good chance of rain on Friday, uh, Thursday and Friday, which will, which will just play into the hands of McElroy and, and anyone who can smash the ball on. So, um, I, I mean, I think, you're looking at McElroy, Scott and Rose, these kind of guys that have just been shown up week after week after week recently. Yeah. Uh, I, I've actually 
ignored one of the criteria that they say nobody over 40 and I've gone with Phil I, I he dialed in his wedges in the short game yeah. last week um, he said the first two days he, he couldn't have played worse with yeah. the wedges in his hand the weekend it just he said everything clicked if he goes with what he did I think 62 on Sunday at the WGC yeah. if he goes with that this week you know I think he is a real chance of getting it in close and mm. putting a decent score and I think it was Barry you said about Muirfield and I look back at mm. obviously 2013 Phil wins in Muirfield in the, the British Open I, I think what is he? I, oh, this I is, is Muirfield Village in the uh, in the states. In okay, Ohio. well, I was looking at a different tournament, but, but I'm probably, still going to go with the fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the good thing is that this is kind of wide off the tee, and Phil's not you know yeah, renowned yeah. for his, you know, his accuracy off the tee, so he can just you know knock it out there. And if he you know if he can get going on that Sunday buzz he had going there at Firestone, yeah, absolutely. Phil knows how to win. Would he not worry you with his dose of the yips? Like he clearly has the yips now, so. I, I think the thing about Phil is that he's really gung ho on trying to make the Ryder Cup as well, and I think he'll be, I think he'll be focused this week to to put in a big, big like he hasn't had a top ten I all think year. all year, um. So he is gunning, I'd say for for this year. I think I think what we could safely say is it's going to be a high variance week for Phil. It'll be kind of all or it'll be you know all or nothing really. Yeah. I could just see his putting absolutely collapse if he was in contention on Sunday. It was easy on it was easy at Firestone on Sunday because there was no pressure on him. He was just going out shooting the pins. Mm. I, I I fear from in the heat of the battle on the back nine. Yeah, there's one guy for me who I've got a bet on now. Um, I'm, I'm, like, I'm probably going to stay away from the favourites. I think this guy, all the stuff kind of matches up for him. Like for PJ champions, like most of them have won the year of they win the PJ championship. It's you know likely to be their first. They're great ball strikers. They're long off the tee. The only thing he's kind of misses is his, his putting is not great. But Hideki Matsuyama is uh, my kind of outsider pick this week. He's I think he's about sixty to one in some places. And uh, fifty now, fifty to one now. He actually won in Muirfield Village earlier this year, which is supposed to be kind of reminiscent of this course. So, and um, had a good week last week and uh, finished twelfth. So. I think he could he could definitely you know he seems like he's a good player for the big time so um hopefully he wins me a few euro this week i must say i found it very difficult this week to get to pick players like McElroy and i think scott and rose allen i must say are quite short i find it hard <laughs> sorry i sorry i totally agree with you yeah yeah like i think they're very short so i find it very hard to back them I find it very hard to back garcia at 18 to 1 Bowler, who obviously has three top fives, he's best priced twenty five to one. I'd find it hard to back him. Stenson actually surprised Barry you didn't mention him. He's possibly one because his long game uh, was very good. Yeah, yeah, I backed him. His his putting has just been absolutely terrible. He was I looked at his stats for the first, last week and he was two two strokes around worse than the field yeah. in putting on the first couple of days in the in Firestone. And these greens are going to be even more challenging than they were last week. So unless he finds a magic putter this week. Um, I don't think uh, he'll struggle to contend at the top um, yeah. but we all know when he gets going with the putter he'll have no problem because he hits more fairies and greens um, than, than the vast majority of the tour I see Sergio's coming out with another great mental uh, preparation for this tournament when he was asked last week about Valhalla and he said I'm not going to lie to you it's not my favourite golf course in the world 
And he goes on and basically says, I don't like it. Uh, you know, what a great way to start your last major of the year with that the only positive that's, attitude. That's where Anthony Kim dominated him in the Ryder Cup. So yeah, I was five and four. Yeah, I was wondering, was he talking about it from a, you know, a mental kind of angle that he doesn't... Uh... I think he's trying to take the pressure off himself by saying that. Just, you know, he's going in now not having any expectations this week. He's just going to go out and play it, you know, play it as it lies. And... Mm. How many yeah. changes have they made since the 2008 Ryder Cup? You, you're, you well, they've they've relayed all the greens uh, a okay. couple of years ago, so that's yeah. so the greens are definitely different. Yeah, they're, the they're a bit bigger and they're a little bit. They've more sections to them now as well, so they've more pin position possibilities. Um, look, it's it looks it looks like it's going to be a beautiful course to to watch on TV. Um, sure. For for all it's worth, do you know who I think I'm going to go and need a good weekend? And uh, this guy kind of slightly uh, defeats my rule about being in contention, but. Patrick Reed was fourth um, at the weekend there. Uh, 80 to 1. I think it's a pretty good price. Um, and obviously, he's one of the best five players in the world. So, so he's won three times this year. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Every week we do take Well, every week we do. Sorry, yeah. we argue with his attitude, but you can't argue with his, you know, his results are there to be. You know, yeah, I think. Showing a little bit of form. I yeah. think it could go well. Um, before we, I think, on, I think before we wrap up really on the USPGA. Um, at the start of the year, episode four, myself, Barry, and Alan did our forecast for who wins the majors. And Alan, your forecast for who won the four majors were Phil for Augusta, uh, Missed what? Missed cut. Yeah, Tiger for the U.S. Open. Uh, Sergio for the British Open. So that wasn't too bad. Okay. And you have Kuchar for this, so it's not too bad. Ooh, I'll take that. Um, you will all remember at the start of the year, I was having my love affair with Australian golfers, so I picked Scott for the Masters. <laughs> I picked Day for the US Open. Uh, I picked Tiger for the British Open, So, but I actually picked Stenson as well, so uh, we're somewhat consistent. Um, Barry, you picked Rory for the Masters, which isn't a ridiculous selection. Garcia for the US Open, Stenson for the British and your selection for the USPJ is very interesting. He's uh, Ian Ian Poulter. <laughs> he's he's a bit he's a bit off the boil right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it wasn't all it wasn't all we weren't like obviously we haven't got one forecast right yet. But there was some. Uh, we were good when we got James on board on the team because he picked Kyrman for the US Open. Yes, yeah. Until uh, then, we were. Yeah. No, he, you no, it was the week before. It was the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still take the kudos, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alan, you did comment. We kind of discussed around players a year. You did comment that Fowler will have a big year, which is pretty bang on. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's his best he year on tour. For the Ryder Cup, he was the one to come through the pack. Yeah, um, and actually, Alan, you had Bubba on your shortlist for the Masters, um, and I actually picked you up on it and said that I fancied him, and, and I think we all had a bet on him for the Masters in the end, so it wasn't all too bad. Um, and Barry, your player of the year, um, I don't know if he's going to get a selection now, was Dustin Johnson. <laughs> he is an honourable mention in that. Yeah. But you did, you did say Sergio. Who's... You're not player of the year. Sorry? You meant person of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Johnson's just turned into playboy of the year. Like. Yeah. Uh, but you did say Sergio, who is having a very good year in fairness. So, so it wasn't... It'll only be a great year for Sergio if he gets a win. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
Um, okay, well, I, I, before we wrap up, I have the rules ready in a question in a second, but we're going to have our little usual fiver on the presenter bet. I, I won it last week with Schwarzer coming in in the top 10. And Barry, I think you're first to go, is that correct? Yep, we're going to go We're gonna go for outsiders this week. So, yeah, a bit of, bit of difference. Um, we can have anybody from outside 80 to 1. So I'm going to go for Bill Haas. And Nick Watney actually played very well in the Barracuda Championship, but faded away, and I was watching the video of him playing the 2010 USPGA at Whistling Straits, so I'm hoping he's going to have a bounce back, so I'm going Nick Watney. Mm-hmm. And who's actually... I have no idea who I went with half air. You went for Monarch. That's the one, 100 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, who are you going for? I'm going for uh, Big JB Holmes. Oh yeah, of course, and you're betting on him as well. Okay, well listen, sure, it'll be, uh, it should be a great event, and... I feel a tiny bit sad, I must say, that it's the final major of the year. This is horrible. I'm going to have a calendar with X's on it until the Masters. Yeah. Ah, yeah, but oh, no, the Ryder Cup's still to go. So well, like, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. No, And the FedEx Cup, which obviously oh, sorry, is very we important. To, we have to say nice things about the FedEx Cup because they're <laughs> listening in and we have to, yeah. Um, what should we have to do? Real last shot. The race, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the race, real last shot. Brought to you by FedEx. Really, really fast. And um, um, the, the race in Dubai as well. It'll be a lot of great golf until November and and the, the long dark wait until Augusta well yeah I was more thinking I always think that the last major really is the start at the end of the golf season do you, do you guys think they have um, the, the USPGA comes too fast after the Open Championship would you like to see it a couple of weeks later in, you know, in August towards the end of August just yeah. space it out a bit good, idea, good shout yeah I prefer that alright because there's, there's break then there's the um, there's a break then there's there's one week and then there's the Bridgestone and then there's USP. yeah it's pretty intense like yeah yeah. Um, not if you're McElroy though you just go win them all okay um, cool well listen best luck to everyone out there is having a bet if anyone uh, would like to get in contact with us on Twitter we're uh, at Podcast GTS let us know let us know who uh, who you're you're having a bet on for the rules related question um, the, the question was the flow of water in a water hazard carries a ball out of bounds the ball is still considered to lie in the water hazard for the purpose of taking relief Alan said true Barry said false and the score is now 18-14 to Barry yes De- I can smell your desperation from here. Yeah, that was. You still have a long way to go on because it's to the end of the year, I think, isn't it? Is that what we're doing? So. I thought it was next week. It was next no, week. No, no. Uh, <laughs> end of the year. End of the three year. weeks. Three oh, weeks. Oh, or four oh, ahead. Yeah. Um, cool. You're dormy at this stage, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, listen, that more or less wraps us up. So thanks a million for everyone to listening. Just before we wrap up, Barry, I think we're going to be played on Radio Made this week. Is that correct? Yeah, we've. Uh, they're they've kindly taken on the show they're going to give us a broadcast slot on Wednesday so um, thanks for your opportunity and hope hope you guys enjoy listening to us and uh, any feedback yeah, you have, like Bob said you can hit us up on Twitter at Podcast GTS and uh, look forward to it yeah or else if any feedback from new listeners uh, our email as well is at goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com so that leaves for me to wrap it up and say thanks a million for everyone for listening and we'll talk to you all next week when we'll know who the US PGA champion is thank you Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.